Children of the world, parents of the world, this is for you. I'm Rowena. And I'm April. We are best friends and moms to five young athletes and sisters to Olympic champions. We have a mission to inspire our kids. And your kids. Through the stories of champions. Who am I? I'm a champion. Who am I? I'm a champion. Who am I? I'm a champion. Hello, everyone. We are so excited because today we have Kolohe Andino with us. Kolohe is a professional surfer from San Clemente, California. He represented the U.S. at the Tokyo Olympics in 2022. Woohoo! He is a husband to Madison and father to a one-year-old daughter, Noelle. He is absolutely amazing. I cannot wait for you to hear this interview with him and hear about what it has taken for him to get to where he is at. I am absolutely sure that you are going to love this interview today. You can find Kolohe on Instagram at KoloheAndino24. And if you have not watched Reckless Isolation, I highly recommend you get over to watching that where you will see an amazing movie that Kolohe is in. We are so excited to have him today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, can you actually bring us back to when you first started surfing, where you grew up, kind of what that kind of scene was like? Uh, yeah, well, I grew up in um, San Clemente and my dad was a professional surfer um, kind of through the 90s, 80s, late 80s and 90s. So um, just always grew up around uh, kind of his friends, like when I was really young, just around his friends and um you know, like Shane Beshin, Chris Ward, Matt Archibald, all those San Clemente guys that were, um, yeah, just kind of cruising through the house. It was just normal to have like a lot of pro surfers around. And then once he started working for Oakley when I was about uh, probably like six or seven, then all my favorite pro surfers started coming around the house, like Taj Burrow, Andy Irons, like all those guys, just because he was like the Oakley guy and it was just, he already knew him from being pros. So, um, yeah, I was just like kind of turnkey. I don't know. I always felt like I was kind of just like one of the boys, even though I was, you know, five or six. And at like a very young age, my dad, when he was still competing a little bit around the programs around America, he would just kind of take me with him, even when I was like pretty young, like three or four years old. And I had a young, I have two younger sisters, but so my mom would just kind of watch the girls at home. And then my dad would just kind of pack up and take me with him and go and compete in Virginia and up the coast of Morro Bay. And up here to Santa Cruz. So just kind of like, you know, one of the pros hanging with dad and in the mix with, um, with everyone. So yeah, that was kind of like when I was super young. And then when I started getting older, like, you know, around nine or 10 years old and, um, competing a lot, I made a lot of local friends. Like we had a pack of like, probably like six or seven of us that would surf every day together and went to school together and, um, yeah, push each other. Um, Guys like Ian Crane, uh, Tanner Zunko, Luke Davis, uh, Jeremy Carter. So it was fun just kind of having that pack of, uh, you know, friends and, um, yeah, those relationships and friendships ended up lasting my whole life. So I'm still boys with them, and it's just been been awesome. We've all kind of found our own little groove in pro surfing, and, you know, some of us are still pros, and it's um, it's cool. We've pushed each other a, a, a lot. So when you were a little fella, was it, did you feel like there was a choice for you or you were like, oh yeah, this is just the way it's going to be like a no brainer? Um, yeah, it's a 
funny question. <laughs> yeah. I kind of felt like, you know, when I was really little, I just like, you know, when you're like three or four, you're probably just like, oh, like I'm just, you know, want to be like your parents. They're like mm-hmm. your heroes, you know? And, um, you know, when my dad started like dragging me around, I just kind of felt like I was just, you know, one of the boys. So, yeah. um, at that point I was, my dad saw that I was like really competitive and I, and I had some talent in surfing and, um, he pushed me out kind of down that track. And, um, you know, by the time I was like eight or nine, I was like a mini pro surfer. I had like a bunch of sponsors and you know, <laughs> compete every weekend at, um, the NSSAs did two or three divisions. So yeah, it was pretty full bore, but it was, um, it was the best times of my life. We had a big motor home and like, we'd take everyone to the comps and, um, yeah, it was a ball. Did you ever feel pressure because of it or it was always just, um, what you wanted to do? No, it was like, you know, when I was young, it was winning and succeeding and surfing came pretty easy for me. I, um, you know, I always did good. And, um, you know, I surfed so much, like, like every second I had, I, I would be in the water. So I ended up progressing really, really quickly, especially when, um, you know, my dad would take me around to like Australia with them and to South Africa and things like that, um, to be around the CT events. And when you're around your pros, your favorite pro surfers, just kind of, I think when you're that young, it'd be, it gives you a lot of confidence just because you feel like you're kind of in the lineup with them and like, you know, them and they know they call you by your name and it's just rad. So, mm. um, I had a lot of confidence and, um, yeah, it was just, it came easy. So it was, it was nice. <laughs> I love hearing, um, this part about your life because, um, April and I, we grew up being athletes and we think about our own kids right now and they're kind of growing up the way you did. They're just growing up seeing like the pros are their friends and they see how possible it is. And um, I think that's uh, like thinking back to my mindset when I was little, it was kind of like you had this hope, but you didn't have this like full blown belief that like, oh yeah, it's going to happen. But you and like our kids growing up, it's like they just have these real life people in front of them who are living it, doing it. So I'm guessing, like, did it feel just very attainable to you as a little guy, like that life? And yeah, yeah. Like I never, like, you know, Adriano and Gabriel Medina, like these guys who have won world titles, they always like, they talk about like, you know, when I was 11 years old and so-and-so came into town and I just knew I wanted to be world champ. Like, and I was just going to do anything to get there. Like for me, I was just, I never even really wanted to be world champ until I was like already on the tour. Like I was just, Mm. you know, kind of already like a, like a pro surfer when I was like six, seven, eight years old and, and had stickers on my board. And, you know, I, you know, Andy Irons called me by my first name and it was just like, it was weird. And then, you know, once I got on tour and had some rough years, then that's when I, um, you know, started like deciding like, Oh, like I actually don't like losing. Like it sucks because before that point, I never even knew how to lose or, never really lost much like Mm. every level that I would go up it just became easy it was easy for me like when I did the pro juniors and then when I did the QS's it it was easy but when I got on tour when I was 17 years old I was like I was going up against um you know men in my situation now like 28 late 20s early 30s men like Joel Parkinson McFanning people who already had established themselves on the tour and also who had families like you know and that sort of wisdom you know, you just don't understand it until you're, you're on the tour. So have you, because you've been doing it for so long and so much, have you always loved it or have you ever kind of thought, okay, I have to do this because I'm doing it. Or is it always because you've loved it so much? Um, well, it's just, it's a weird, it's a weird thing, you know, competing, like, 
you know, when I was my first five years, four years on tour, I was just like, I would do anything to like make a semifinal or something. And then once you get there, it's just, you feel the same, you know, it's like, you know, you don't have like, um, your, all your problems don't go away. Um, you know, you don't walk around on clouds. Like it's just, it's all the same. So when I got there and, and I finished 11th, I think my fifth year on tour or my, my fourth or fifth year on tour, I finished 11th. I had some good results. I made a final and I was like, you know, it just kind of felt the same. I was like, Oh, I just really want to make, you know, the top five now. And then, you know, and, and every step of the way is the same. I think that's why people can struggle because they work so hard at like a uh, goal. And then if they reach that goal, it's just like, Oh, like it's, you know, the best thing you're going to get is you, you feel that ecstasy when you win and then you get some texts and high fives from your friends. And that's about it really, you know, and you know, that ecstasy that you get is really no better than having like a special session surfing or hanging with your family or whatever it is, you know? So mm -hmm. it's, you know, you're kind of looking for that, that, um, thing at the end of the trail, but then it's just kind of, it's always the same. And some people could get stuck, um, looking for that. Um, but I've been aware for a while and, um, you know, I think the main reason we do it is because, you know, that happiness in that moment of winning and that's about it really, you know, it doesn't really change your life at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I want to go back, um, to what you were talking about when you were a kid and it came easy and you were winning and then, you know, it, it got harder. So I hear this a lot with like child stars and then what, what made you just keep pushing and keep going and keep, you know, elevating rather than just being like, ah, this sucks. It's not what I thought it was. Like what gave you the drive, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think in the moment, like it was, it felt like, you know, it was, re it was really hard just to lose all the time, but I was still requalifying on the tour, um, to the QS. And then I, I qualified on the, with my tour points, like maybe one or two years. And then, um, yeah, I think the main like inspiration was just having like such big success from John, John and, um, Gabriel, um, because I competed with John, John, my, my whole life. He's like a year and a half older than me. And, um, we became good friends and it just felt like, Oh man, if he could do it, like I could do it. Like it was kind of inspiring for me to watch him do so well. And then I was like, Oh, well, I've, I've competed against him my whole life. And, um, you know, and as far as being like a pro surfer, like what better, well, you know, I had a little bit of perspective from my parents, you know, like, what would you rather be? You know, you're on the world tour. Like it's, um, it's the best you could do really, you know, even if you're 20th in the world or, or, you know, 25th or fourth or 10th, like you're on the world, you're on the world tour. There's, um, you know, not many people get to say that. So it was pretty, um, you know, rough losing all the time, but I had a lot of perspective also. And, you know, I think another thing was, you know, after, I think after one or two years on the tour, I think Nat qualified with me. So, and he's been a, one of my good friends my whole life, um, from competing. So I was, the tour was still really fun for me. You know, I had a, a buddy on the tour and, and, um, you know, I think, you know, talking about that inspiring stuff too, is like when Nat qualified his rookie year, he finished eighth. And I was like, Oh, I like, I competed with him my whole life and he's in the top 10. And so it was just kind of like stuff, just keeping me chugging along, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love, I love hearing this from you. We've heard it from you now when you were young, um, look at, you know, being around all those pro pro surfers. And even as you've gotten older, just constantly being surrounded by people that 
have been able to do it. And instead of getting intimidated by that is actually being inspired by that. And I think that's a really great lesson that you can, you know, that you guys can all take from what Chloe is saying, because that is really important. There's no reason why these other people can do, you know, what you want to do and you can't. And so I really want you guys to kind of hear what he's saying, because I love that. And the second thing I really love what you're saying, too, is just really having that perspective and that gratitude. Um, I love that your parents taught you that. That's obviously made a huge difference in your career. And constantly looking at that because you can we can always if we're not winning all the time we can always kind of you know lack perspective and get down or whatever but if you can have that perspective it makes such a a big difference so I love it you talked you kind of mentioned a little bit about goal setting I would love to kind of hear do you have like a um like a goal setting routine or what do you do like every year or every day or whatever do you do a daily goal setting or yearly goal setting or or how do you do that um, when I set goals, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a, you know, still, I'm still so young. I'm only 28. So I'm still learning a lot about myself. You know, what really makes me tick. I feel like I've some, it seems like when I'm the, when I'm doing good is when I'm really just focusing on myself and, um, you know, things I can control and not worrying about other people and what works for them. But, um, yeah, when I set goals, I mean, I'm not like a big, like, write it on the wall or write it in a book. I mean, you know, it's kind of like, it's a bit foo-foo or woo-woo for me. (laughs) Um, But, I mean, that helps a lot of people. So, I don't, it's just, it's just not my cup of tea. But, um, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, I want to, they're more daily goals. You know, I want to be grateful and enjoy my family when I can. I want to know that when I go to bed, I work my hardest. Um, you know, I want to surf X amount of, of time, um, X amount of hours or whatever it is, you know, it's more, I think it's more in the preparation is where I set my goals is, you know, before like an off season or a training season, I'm like, okay, I want to be able to do this by the end of my off season. I want to be able to do this. And then, you know, I feel like during the heat, during competition, it should be all, you know, what they call flow state where you're not thinking about your goals or thinking about uh, technique or whatever. So I don't know, I guess I set them in the beginning of the, of the uh, off season and yeah, just kind of, I don't know, try to just focus on myself because I know that when I get caught up in the noise, whether it's how other people are doing or the maneuvers they're doing on social media or the waves they're scoring um, somewhere else. And that's when I kind of start to get anxiety and, um, the competitiveness just comes out. So it's kind of, you know, just trying to focus on myself and doing the best I can each day. And, you know, also feeling like, like I've spent a lot of time with my, with my family and doing things like that, you know, have I been, you know, good to them or whatever, that stuff feels like it really recharges me. So sounds like family is like your number one priority. Yeah. Yeah. She's, um, she's, uh, 13 months old and, uh, her name's Noel and, uh, yeah, she's awesome. Um, every day has been, you know, a a new, um, exciting thing that she's learning, you know, at the moment she like just started walking and she could kind of climb up the stairs and go down the slide. And, uh, yeah, it's awesome. I mean, once I, um, you know, it's weird when you have, you don't have a kid or something and you're like around babies, you don't even care. You don't even see them, you know, it's kind of like, Oh, there's a, there's a little human, you know? And, um, I always knew I wanted a big family, but, um, you know, once 
my wife got pregnant and then the whole like pregnancy and like the whole birthing and all that stuff was like, I have so much more respect for women. And it was like crazy eye opening to see, you know, what they go through with their bodies and then the birth and then, you know, just straight into like the hardest work ever, like no rest, you know, um, as far as like, you know, keeping our child alive. And, um, I've never felt so small, you know, just like dealing with it. Cause there's like not much I could do. I was just like watching my wife just power through this. And I was like, yeah. So I just kind of had a lot of, um, perspective on life once it came or when she came and I got to see the whole experience. It was just, um, wild. And, um, you know, I can't believe that women sign up for it, but the babies are the best thing in the world, you know? And, uh, women are just like, you know, my wife's just like, let's have another one right now. Like, she's just like, Oh my gosh, you're a beast. Like, so um, yeah, I have a lot of respect for women. It's, it's you know, amazing. So do they travel with you on the tour? Um, they're going to Hawaii and they went to Hawaii last year. Um, Hawaii is like a good leg, like a five week leg. So, and it's close. Um, last year they went to Australia too, because she was just like, you know, a little, my, my wife called her a little meep. <laughs> so she, the traveling was easy and she would just sleep most of the time. But, um, just this year she's just going to, um, to Hawaii. Is that fun for you when they're there? Does it kind of help relax all of the comp- competitive part of the tour? Yeah. You know, like I said, I'm a father before a competitor or a pro surfer or an Olympian or whatever people want to call me. So yeah, even just, you know, daily anxieties about, am I getting good waves or am I working hard enough? Or, you know, did I, did I surf good enough? You know, it always sets me back to perspective to just be, um, you know, hanging with my family and knowing that they're safe and healthy. Was that something instilled in you by the example of your own parents? Like, I'd love to hear just about, yeah, what they were like and what they taught you, your mom and your dad. Um, my mom and dad were very like child first, like do anything for their, for their kids. So, um, you know, like I said, you don't really realize that until you're a parent and then, you know, alongside the perspective for just all moms, um, you know, I had a lot of, um, respect for my parents, you know, everything they went through to, to raise me. So, yeah, I don't know. I just felt like this overwhelming sense of like, this is why we're supposed to be here. And, um, you know, that's about it really. It's kind of hard to put into words. And, um, you know, you hear all these, sometimes you hear wonky reviews about having kids, but you know, my experience is it's been the best thing ever. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we it's get really it. cool to see how you've been able to show people how it's possible to do both because you don't have to pick one or the other and you've, you've been a great example for that. So that's amazing. Oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> Um, I would just love to hear if you had to, you know, we're chatting with somebody maybe nine, 10, 11, and they're like, how do I be Kolohe when I'm 28? Like, what kind of advice would you give them? Um, you know, when I was nine, nine, 10, 11, I just basically lived in my wetsuit, surfed every day. Like, I don't think, you know, I think my dad instilled that, um, that surf froth into, into my DNA super, super young because I still have it. Like I just, I want to surf all day. You know, if, the only reason I don't surf all day is because surfing is so fun for me. It doesn't feel like work. So I don't really come out of like surfing a lot with a lot of confidence because it's just so fun. 
you know, I don't feel like I sacrifice as, as much. So the only thing that's keeping me from um, <laughs> surfing all day is like, you know, gym time or, you know, really recovering or whatever. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I just always had that love for surfing and wanting to be surfing and hanging with my friends at the beach and just kind of just living that lifestyle. So, you know, I think whatever your sport or your craft is, you know, just really living in, you know, being that and, um, you know, don't, you know, don't ever take your eye off the ball. You know, there's only X amount of hours in the day. You know, that's what Tom Brady said. So yeah, you just gotta, <laughs> you know, get those reps in. That's all that's surf all day. If you want to be a pro surfer, surf all day. If you want to be a, you know, pitcher, pitch all day, like, you know, as, as much as you can until your body starts to break down. Like that's kind of my advice really. Do you, <laughs> are, um, you kind of talked about hanging around the pro surfers growing up. Were there, and then you just mentioned Tom Brady, were there people, you know, even out of surfing that you really kind of, you know, when you hear them say something and it just sticks with you and it kind of becomes your, you know, thing, were there, were there guys, athletes that were your, yeah, people you looked to? Uh, yeah, I mean, there was, you know, it, it evolved as I got older, you know, I think, mm-hmm. um, when you're young, you kind of want that, you think like, oh, that guy's like flashy and cool. So Mm-hmm. And he wins a lot, you know, so maybe you pick a guy like that or once you got older and you're like, oh, I, you know, I've been married for five years. So it's like, oh, he's a family man. Like, I really respect that. Like, that's super cool. So um, I feel like, you know, Kobe Bryant and his hard work, like mama mentality thing was like a big part of my childhood and growing up and just being like super into that kind of thing. And then as I got older, I was like more into like humble people that just like put their head down and worked hard and weren't flashy at all. Um, so I got kind of into Tom Brady and, and those kind of guys, you know, even like a Derek Carr or something that that's, um, the Raiders quarterback. And then, you know, as I got older, I actually became friends with some of someone like a Sam Darnold or a Chris Taylor, who's like, a um, you know, Sam Darnold's from San Clemente and Chris Taylor's, a uh, utility man for the Dodgers. And I'm a Dodger fan. And I met him through, an, um, Michael Dunphy cause they grew up together. And, um, yeah, so then I, those guys kind of became my heroes because, you know, I saw how they operated and they were so humble and worked so hard. And that was kind of just like what I was all about, um, just being gritty and putting your head down. Mm. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, now I don't know. It's like kind of you kind of I feel like a lot of people, this is kind of deep, but a lot of people are always looking for that inspiration on in a movie or something or a podcast and um, you start realizing that it's all the same stuff getting regurgitated, you know, it's like hard work and, you know, mm-hmm. never give up. And so I just kind of, you know, lately I just kind of <laughs> have been pretty checked out on it. I'm just like, yeah, you know, hard work makes me tick and that's what I'm going to do. Um, but other than that, and then, you know, obviously, you know, diving into my faith, my, my wife's always been super faith centered. And, um, you know, once we got married, I kind of started to really follow the footsteps of her and then, you know, they talk about false idols and things like that, how everyone's flawed. So having an idol, you know, once I heard that, I was like, oh, having an idol is kind of weird, you know, like, mm. <laughs> you know, you're not really supposed to, um, you know, because everyone's flawed and um, yeah, your faith is supposed to be your idol and the journey, your journey with God. So once I kind of heard that, I was like, oh, like, yeah, that's the most important thing for me. So, um, yeah. <laughs> No, I love it. I love that you brought that in. I think that that's such an important part of, obviously, um, 
your life and probably even your competitions and everything. Would you find that to be true? Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> competing has been competitive surfing is there's so much out of your control and you're dealing with mother nature that it really teaches you about uh, the inner depths of your life, you know, what what makes you tick or you know, things you can't control. And it's a really good, um, it's a really good analogy for life, you know, because you never know what's going to get thrown at you. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, you know, once you lose and it's just, it makes you look, look in the mirror and, and try to understand yourself better. And that's, that's where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, this might be a hard one to, for you to recall on the spot, but we'll see. Um, do you have any stories where, and it, it might not even be about a competition, might not be about winning or losing, but just like any stories where you just feel like you'll be telling it to your grandkids for, you know, it's a story you'll re- retell. Um, maybe something scary, maybe something you overcame. Um, the best memories I've had in my life are just really scoring waves with no one out with just my friends out. And those, those are kind of, um, stories that will stick in my mind for the rest of my life. Um, obviously Mm -hmm. we got to do the reckless isolation trip and we scored Indo for 23 days with just me and my friends. Um, so I don't know, you know, things like that are, are things that'll live forever because surfing's a pretty popular sport. And, you know, we've Mm -hmm. had even just this trip, we've had a couple sessions that were just, you know, our little crew out and the waves were pumping. So, you know, I've had X amount of those in my life. And I think those are things that are um, most important. I don't never want to bring up, you know, a last minute heroic heat or I'd be mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z to go on to whatever, you know, I think, you know, I'll let someone else tell those stories and, you know, hopefully they're accurate. <laughs> I love it. You're kind of like the karate kid of surfing. You're just like Zen and, you know. <laughs> no, I'm definitely not Zen. <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> oh, that's right. When I was researching you, there's some like really good uh, footage of you breaking boards and stuff, right? When you're yeah. just pissed. <laughs> I love yeah. that. Oh, thanks. I guess. I guess. Thanks. thanks for bringing that I guess up. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, some, it's some this. Some people co- love it. Some the- people hate it. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like this competitive nature too, right? Which I think should be celebrated, like that kind of drive to and that anger that comes up when you're, you know, yeah, I don't mean, do um, what you know you can channel. do. There's ways to channel it. I think um, you don't really want to, you know, represent yourself or your family or your hometown that way. But um, being able to <laughs> channel that before I compete is very important, and you know, having that yeah. that killer instinct and that uh, hunter mentality uh, is super important. So, um, you know, but like I said, surfing is interesting. You know, you kind of do all the things to get ready and then you just, sometimes it just doesn't work out. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's very important for me to, to prepare like I do and, um, you know, let the chips fall because then it's, it's easier for me to swallow. Yeah. Well, tell us, tell us actually about, uh, Tokyo. How cool is it to be representing surfing for the first time in the Olympics? Um, it was amazing. I, um, you know, going there with the team and being able to surf the wave pool before, um, in Makinohara was amazing. And then we showed up and, you know, there was no crowd. So it was a little bit of a bummer with that, but, you know, being able to say I was the, on the first Olympic team was huge and, you know, celebrating the gold with Carissa and, you know, hanging with John, John and Brett and everyone that they had with us, um, 
USA surfing, like pulled out all the stops and it was a, it was an amazing trip for sure. And, um, you know, the event just felt like kind of another event, you know, with all the big dogs in it, with Italo and Gabriel and Julian and Owen and John, John, myself, you know, so it was, just felt like another event. But I think the, the, the best part about it was um, after the event, we got to go into the Olympic Village. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen Zootopia, where they like go into Z Zootopia and it's like all the little like, you know, the masses will be together, the drafts will be together and like. <laughs> it was kind of like that, like, but like human version. And it's like, oh my gosh, there's like, you know, all the fittest people, most athletic people in the world, all from, all from around the world, all in one spot. So you see them all together kind of hanging out. And it was just the, it was the highlight of my trip for sure. I was just so like baffled. I was the best people watching ever. And um, it was just cool to see like specimen humans, like doing their thing, you know, walking around and getting ready to um, go for medals and stuff. So that was really cool. I love that you brought that up because I, I went to the Olympics and that was the biggest thing I came away with, just awe at like the type of humans all in the one spot. <laughs> like, yeah. It's yeah. very weird. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. What about, um, I'm always just so curious about like, because a, a lot of our pe people listening are kids, but they're also parents who are raising kids. Um and you'd said you traveled with your dad a lot. Um, and I imagine you're super close through that. Is that right? Oh, yeah. I mean, dad. me and my, I mean, uh, we're like best friends. So, yeah, I mean, oh. we, talk, we talk every wow. day, at least, at least once or surf together and then talk later or surf and then hang out or whatever. Like he's, he's kind of my coach and my helper outer person too. So, mm -hmm. um, we, um, yeah, I do a lot of time together, but yeah, he's, I mean, if I had to say if someone was my best friend, it would be my dad for sure. So. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Tears. Like awesome. So what, I mean, obviously he's born like the way he is, but what things do you think he did right? Like what will you carry on in your family? Um, I think when I was young, you know, he was, um, pretty hardcore on me. Um, you know, kind of more old, old school style, like, you know, hard work, all that stuff. Mm. Um, but then once I got older, he actually let go of the reins a lot and gave me a lot of freedom to hang out with friends and uh, go to high school parties. And, you know, he trusted me a lot and trusted that I was going to make the right decision. So it wasn't like the classic, like helicopter parenting, like you hear about, you know, where it's just like, he actually let me do a lot, you know, as, as long as I was doing, um, you know, not being an idiot, like, um, he trusted me. So I think that had a lot to do with it. And then, um, you know, we became a lot closer the last probably five, five or six years. Um, ever since I, I realized like, um, like how good he, par he parented me. Um, I was like, I had a lot of respect for it. And, um, but you know, people who spend a lot of time together just get on each other's nerves too, you know, and that's, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's just kind of how mm -hmm. it is. But, um, you know, hopefully our wisdom will realize, will realize that and, um, you know, we'll be best friends forever. But, um, yeah, right. It's just awesome to have, you know, for me to feel like, Oh, I joined the family business, you know, like my dad knows as much or more than anyone. And, um, he's taken care, taking care of me my whole life. So, you know, let's do this together. Like this year, he's, he's my only coach. Like 
Mike Parsons has coached me quite a bit since I was like 15 years old. Um, but I was like, oh man, let's just, let, let's do this like together, dad and I. So, um, Aww. it's exciting. Yeah. Super exciting. Well, I hope we get to interview him. Sometimes we get to interview some of the parents of the <laughs> athletes we interview. And I would love to know his secret to trusting you and letting you go because <laughs> I, Roe and I both have kids that are not quite high school age, um, but getting there. And I already feel like that has got to be one of the hardest things to do is like trust and let go enough. <laughs> you know, so yeah. I'm going to have to write that question down for when we talk to him. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I know. I can imagine. <laughs> what about your sisters? Uh, did they, um, t- you know, get into the family business too, surfing? or? My sister is, who's closest to me. She's like super mm-hmm. talented. She played tennis um, mm. growing up a lot and she could kind of do anything. Um, she'll like, she's kind of the girl that who would like not surf for five, six years and then paddle out and just go, you know, whip it around and be able to go down the line perfectly. Just like, you know, like, um, riding a bike. Um, and then my other sister, um, who's like, I think six or seven years younger than me. Um, she's kind of more like me with like, she's like very witty and very, um, very confident and almost brash, but like really funny. So I'm, I'm super close with her, but she's not very athletic at all. She's more gawky and tall and, um, but she's ambitious no and she kills it too, but, um, no, she doesn't ever surf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hope they listen to this, uh, interview. They this probably is, will. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. You guys must have a great relationship. Yeah. Um, if you had to just describe what a champion means to you, what would you say? I'd say, I don't know. I've always tried to like lead by example. And I think that's the best you could do. I think true champions do that. You know, there's a lot of people who win a lot, but they're, they're empty inside or they're, they're not good people. And I think being a good person is first and foremost in my eyes and leading by example of what, um, you'd like to see the youth grow into is, is most important. So I think, um, you know, like, a like an Osh Bartlett, like he's a, he's a champion to me. Like he's so sick. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, people like that are, are a rat. You nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Osh is amazing. I agree with that one. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty low hanging fruit. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I think that's really, I think it really is important. I think humility is something that is, um, you know, that's something that we try to teach our, especially our older, our older child that can kind of understand it and might not necessarily be the most humble child, like telling, you know, teaching them how, how humility, how important humility is. And so that's why we love, we really wanted to interview because you are, you really are a great role model to so many. And I think that, that, you know, humility, I mean, you said it multiple times in the interview that you don't want to, you don't necessarily need to tell like the story of, you know, all these things that you want or whatever, like that's not where you focus. And I just think that that is what makes you such a, an amazing athlete to look up to because Thanks. Thank you. Humility, is, humility is important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have to um, thank my parents on that one. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can't wait. We're going to interview you. I dad. know. <laughs> I cannot wait. No, because it is, it, it is rare <laughs> to find an athlete like you who like, it sounds like that's really at the core of your intention. Like, yes, your life's amazing. You love surfing. It's so fun. But it's 
like you're coming from a space where you literally want to show the younger generation like how to live well and not a lot of people even think about that so I can yeah you can tell you can feel it yeah that's very cool thank you the biggest like fence I've had to walk is are you so humble that you're insecure you know sometimes that Mm. can kind of trick you um into like looking up at people and you know when you're going out there to compete against the world's best you got to be ferocious and confident in your program and um, an animal. So having that mm-hmm. fine line is, is pretty hard, you know, because you don't want to be the, the chest puffy cocky guy who's, um, you know, thinks he's a man, but sometimes those guys do really good because they're really confident. So it's, mm-hmm. um, it's a very in-depth kind of thing, but I think, um, you know, I'm still trying to figure out the perfect balance. Love it. <laughs> um, okay. Well, thank you. We'll see you later.